Do you remember the first podcast you ever did? Like in general, like whether being a guest on one, was it was it our show for you had done something? Oh, you had done. Yeah, 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 before. yeah. I've done them before. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't remember what the first one I've done, but I've done several. Was my interview with you on Hampton Roads Business Weekly one, or had you done stuff before that? That was my first um, television oh. appearance. That was an awkward thing for me because it's like I'm one of those guys that I like to know. I like to be in the know, and if I'm not mm -hmm. in the know, then you know that's the stuff that that I hear in the back of my head. So it's like, am I supposed to looking at you? Am I supposed to look at the camera? Where am I supposed to look? You know, those are like questions that go through my mind. Um, I must've been so, a bad host and interviewer. If I didn't prepare you like that, cause I should have told you like, Hey, like this is what we're going to do in that situation. But well, that was a really awkward thing because we knew each other so well. And then, so like to interview, uh, to be interviewed by someone that you know so well, we had to keep things, and Pretty, for it to be yeah. short, right? Because it was probably like a couple minutes, three, four, five minutes. I don't even know. At, at best. And I know that, gosh, I, I still, I would still love to have that B-roll stuff uh, that was cut out when we were just uh, just laughing like crazy. That that took us several takes to, to get the I, intro or something. Yeah. Coming, next, coming up next on Hampton Roads Business yeah. Weekly, we're here with Tim Ryan. The leader. <laughs> that was yeah. How many years ago was that? Six? Okay, so uh, so the show started probably fifteen. It was probably sixteen that I got you on. Um, I would assume maybe it was fifteen, but uh, yeah. no, it actually probably was fifteen because I just saw it on Facebook Memories, whatever that thing is. And I did I not send it to you when I saw it? I don't know, man. I, I'm on Facebook so little that uh, if you did, I I, I would have. I need to look. Well, I couldn't remember, but I saw it and I was like, there it is. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. That was um, but the reason I brought that up is because just before we went live, we found out that today's guest is the first ever podcast that she's ever been broadcasting on. So it's, it's going to be, th this is going to be the trivia question that will win people $1 million in Monopoly. In the money. future, right? In the future. It only can, it's only going to go up from here, Dominique. So uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. Did you <laughs> announce him like that when you like the whole anchor thing? Of course. Of course. God bless of course. You. Yes. Um, I still am hopeful that one day this region gets some sort of professional sport here in an arena so I can be the play by play or like the arena person be like, and now at six foot two from. Calabas, California, <laughs> with the hey, I don't know. I think that would be fun, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, we get do you do you listen to a lot of media? Do you listen to a lot of content? Do you listen to podcasts, video shows like this? How? What is what is your appetite for? You know, listening to interview style stuff. So usually it's on Spotify, and it's not like the uh, I'm not watching the uh, podcast. So I'm, I might listen to a medical one. I just started getting into business podcasts mm -hmm. and then I'm realizing everybody has their own take on things. So I need to be careful about what I uh, ingest from those people because their, mm -hmm. their view is tainted sometimes. So I'm always looking for just kind of like pure good stuff to go and look and just not have somebody putting their, their, uh, their sauce on it, if you will. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. That's yeah, Zach and I have had several conversations about that. Just in terms of, uh, yeah, there's a and lot. Not of just with podcasts, just yeah, yeah, just mentors. Uh, I, unless you're in it and you know what it's like to experience whatever it is that you're experiencing, know what it's like to have to have the stress of making payroll, knowing mm -hmm. what it's like to talk to investors. Uh, I mean, it's it's unless they've gone through it, it's, it's very, very different. So uh, yeah, that's smart on you to make sure that. Yeah. To. What I always say is, you know, take it all in and then sift through it and decide what you yeah. want to do with it from there. And that, and that could be from the pitch competition that you just won a couple weeks yeah. ago. You know, judges are going to give you, if a judge isn't a customer. And I say this when I've been a judge uh, of that event before in the past, I'm like, if I'm not your customer, then don't really listen to me. I'm trying to give you some sort of feedback that might be valuable to you, but it really, it doesn't matter. Cause if I'm not going to buy this damn thing, don't listen to me at all. 
Well, it's interesting in this sense of, I guess before, can you descri describe to us what your business is briefly? We, we, we're not asking for the three minute pitch or the five oh, okay. or, or anything so, like that, but just- to, I, I've never heard the pitch, so. We're, we're just, you know, what it is, what, what problem are you solving? What do you do? Uh, just so our audience and, and Zach is aware. So because COVID uh, take, took away the opportunity for many women to actually go to be cleared, which they're getting a physical exam, they're getting labs, EKG for uh, medical clearances for their cosmetic surgeries, they created a space where we, are, we were able to do it virtually because we, were in, we are in currently a, a pandemic. So because of that reason, it, we, we, they relaxed a lot of the uh, state laws as, a, as it applies to licensing and things like that. So what happens is, is that I see patients, I'm solving the problem of them actually having to go and get these things done when they don't have access to it because those places were closed. Now we become such where we're bringing healthcare to them. So they, I've cleared people for surgery and by clear them, I mean, I'm sitting there with them going over their medical history, going over their health history, you know, looking and making sure their EKG is in order, their chest X-ray, their labs are in order so that I am able to send that information to the surgery center that they're having surgery at and clear them. Um, and clear means that medically you are, you are good. You don't need to be um, anything else to be done medically. You are free. You are able to have, you can move about the cabin. You can have surgery. And the other, the flip side of that is if we become really, I'm going to make our motto, we bring healthcare to you because that's what we've been doing lately. Cause I've been clearing people. They've been in closets. They've been under their desk. They've been in the cubicles. They've been in the patient's rooms with the, the curtain, like pulled, like I've cleared people in the most craziest places at this point. So I think I, and I'm bringing healthcare to them. I'm like, where are you? Like, I'm just in, I'm in the closet by my boss's office. How long is it going to take? I'm like about 18, maybe 20 minutes. So I've Should done I do the rest that of the show under the desk? You could if you needed to. Absolutely. <laughs> that is definitely an option. It's always an option. As long as you have your uh, mic in, we can hear you. You're good. So, is, and is I now, actually have to see them. So they are is, on their video, um, like the same way we're doing right now. We're doing um, telemedicine that way. And then I'm sending them to surgery centers. A lot of my patients are going to Miami. I'm licensed in nine states, no, eight states, including Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Virginia, New York. Um, Texas and Missouri. And even though we are in the pandemic, um, I still decided to get those licenses. So when things start changing, I, I'm still able to run and function with my um, business. So that's, so, so I guess the reason I asked that, Zach, with you being unfamiliar, it's like with that, I found it really, really fascinating. Cause like, I didn't even know that you, it makes sense. If you, if you were scheduled for surgery that you would have to have some sort of pre-check, but I never thought about it from that standpoint. So from well, that, typically you would have to go to yeah. the office to do that yes. thing, which, yeah. And because I'm here, I have a lab, a national lab accounts. And I have, um, we, when we get EKGs and chest rate, chest test rate done for our patients, it's billed based on our national provider ID, which Medicare gives every person, our MPI. So an MPI is being billed by a hospital in any state because they don't care where you're licensed at in a sense. The only difference doesn't it makes is when you're actually seeing someone based on the state they're in, that's where you need to be um, licensed at. And because of the pandemic currently, that they haven't declared it to be over, they say it's over, but the Department of Health and Human Services actually has to declare it over and then end all those waivers. So we might just want it to go away, but because it hasn't been declared, some of those waivers are still in place still. What, um, wh how do the surgery centers uh, view what you're doing? Do, do they welcome you? Oh, or... yes. gotcha. they, they know if they see something from me, I, I send it directly to them. So there's no chance for the patient to alter it. I'm sending it directly to the coordinator for this person to have surgery. They're expecting it from me. They know my business. They know my name. They refer patients to me. So they prefer it done in a certain way anyway, because these are regular, these are relatively healthy women that are having surgery. Um, so there is no issue with them being unhealthy in a sense. So the same way that they will be getting uh, urgent care UTI visit or urgent care visit for any type of thing, that's the same way I'm able to clear them. One thing and that I think I, from, I, a, from, from a patient standpoint, that is super convenient because that's just yeah. one less time that you have to go to a doctor's office, wait to be seen, go through that, Drive home. I mean, that's uh, I, I like the convenience aspect of it as well. And to piggyback off of that point, I always think it's interesting. Like when I go just for like an annual checkup, 
I'm healthy at that time. I'm not sick or anything like that. But there are people in that room that are. And it's just like this. Like <laughs> Exactly. It, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not trying to play one. But it does seem interesting that you would just bring a bunch of sick people together in a place when maybe half those 70% of those people through a teledoc situation could prevent a lot of a, a lot of the. I don't know, the distribution of more germs to others. I, I don't know what the correct term is. I mean, it just seems obnoxious in some of these situations. Well, somebody um, like you, I would send you just to the lab to go get your labs done real yeah, quick. Yeah, you still got to do the labs, get the blood work. Go to lab, and yeah. then I'm going to schedule you for your appointment, and I'm going to go over your labs in your appointment. If I need to send you for anything else, I'm going to send you a, a prescription to go get an EKG if you need it, and I'm going to tell you, hey, go to ABCD Hospital and get your EKG, and they're going to fax it to me. So they do have to do maybe one or two things, but it does not include sitting in the waiting room waiting for me because they pay for their appointments. Insurance doesn't cover um, cosmetic surgery. Um, it doesn't cover cosmetic surgery clearances. So I don't bill insurance for this. They're, they're all, you know, private pay patients. So they, you know, with that, they have an expectation because it's not cheap, you know? So I just make sure that I give them very good service and the, the way in which it has spread has been just amazing because I've just been consistent and, making sure that um, these people are being cleared safely. And that's a big issue. You got to make sure that the patients are actually safe for surgery. So if there's abnormal ab abnormalities with their labs or EKG, they can't be cleared for surgery. And I'm communicating that to the surgery center. At some point during the pandemic, I, I recall certain surgeries. I would call them maybe what you're doing, cosmetic yes. surgeries, non- um, then, um, yeah. The non-serious yeah, elected yeah. surgeries oh, yeah. were were canceled by a lot of uh, places. Did you what, did that actually happen? Where, 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 you don't know? You, it, you no, I do know. It didn't happen in certain states. And one of those it states did. it didn't happen in was Florida. Florida stayed open for business because they don't care about that. They're the number one surgery sent capital of the world. They, they, they have the cheapest hmm. surgeries. They have the cheapest BBLs, tummy tucks. People so like Because you're licensed there, you could still do it? Exactly. Got so it. there wasn't an issue with me having a patient that's in Florida that needs to go to Florida or a patient in, in Virginia or Maryland because of that. But also um, the Department of Health and Human Services relaxed the lines of um, all the rules that we normally have between interstate um, um, visits, if you want, if you want to call it that. <laughs> so we didn't have to have where patients are in our state to see them or in their state to see them. And I think they're going to be looking at that more now because there's no reason for me as a provider to have an MPI number. And I, I have to individually send a license package to nine different states. I took a national exam. It's not something I just took for my state either. So I think they're hopefully looking at that part of it because the way healthcare is now, there's so much happening with um, with um, telemedicine. Jeff Pesos is doing it now. And I was concerned when I saw that. What what what's the genesis? How did you stumble upon this idea? What did you do beforehand uh, in terms of your experience that led you to this? So just as a nurse practitioner beforehand or just in general? Uh, yeah, that, as a nurse practitioner and in general. So I so the first thing that I did in healthcare, I was just a regular like uh, CNA, which is just a person that just helps people to the bathroom and does things to help the nurse. And then I became a licensed practical nurse where they just give pills. And I did that. Then I became a registered nurse and I worked in the emergency rooms and I got my master's degree in leadership and I, and I did that and I didn't really care for leadership. So I went back and got a post-grad post -grad as a family nurse practitioner at South University here in Virginia Beach. And as a nurse practitioner, I did not practice for probably a whole year. I worked at a facility, I was a director and it was during the pandemic. And then I'm like, I don't want to leave right now. So I didn't leave them because of what was going on. And, and they, it would have been not good for the patient. So I stayed. So finally, when I did leave, I worked for a company that I had already been working for on the side, uh, seeing patients in a nursing facility. And one day, one of the nurses like sat next to me and I, she was talking to me and she said um, that she had just paid someone like $50 to write an order and do something else for her. And she was like, I think you would be really good at this. She was like, because I didn't really care for how she how she was or the person wasn't very nice to her or it wasn't a very good exchange. So then when she told me about it, like she sent me some information and then I just literally like she told me that on July 9th and I had my entire business set up by July 12th. And I think I was able to go full on by myself with, with uh, no other job by October. 
and 700 plus clients since then. So you, yeah. and yeah, my so. marketing mostly is micro marketing, which I you know I spoke a little bit about is micro marketing is something that I kind of coined myself and it is the marketing by bypassing Zuckerberg because they don't have any idea about their own algorithm on Facebook. They couldn't reach anybody if they were right in front of their face, unfortunately. So what I do is there are about probably 8,000 surgery groups on Facebook. Each surgeon has their own group on Facebook or the patients that are having surgery have a group on Facebook. So I would market my, my business in those groups and pay the admin like $40 a week to just put a post in that group and have access to 8,000 people or 10,000 people. Or if it wasn't a big group, um, it maybe it might be $20 a week. So I would pay the admins of these groups to um, clear these patients. And it, and it grew so much. And then I reach out to surgery centers and say, hey, I'm doing this. Do you need help with this? And they realize that, hey, this is safe because we know these people coming from her are safe. And that is the most important um, thing. That is, That's I grew my business from Facebook. So when the lady said it wasn't sustainable, I didn't understand because I made from, I, I think today I checked this morning, it was 275,860 that I've made since July 9th, 2021. The Facebook. So let, let's break down the Facebook admin conversation. How many Facebook groups do you think you reached out to? Probably over 150. And, I, and, and how, I'm still in those groups now, actually. And how many of those even replied yes or no? Just or, or re replied to you in general? Probably 20 of them did. And then of and those 20, how many of them became? 10. Um, okay. So I, I wanted to break that down because I knew it was gonna it, it, it was gonna be a substantial amount that you had to reach out to to get to that ten. Yes. But most people are like, I'm gonna reach out to three, and then they get all no's yeah. or do, they, they get no response, and it's just like, guys, yeah, it's like, it's it's it's, 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 it's just a, a it's a drive it's a drive that is like no other trying to get your because when failure is not an option, you're going you're going to you're going to push that edge. You're not going to stop until so, somebody says yes. That's I want to I want to drill down into that have you has that always have you been always been wired that way have you been just a go-getter or oh, yeah. uh, from the time that you were life. as a child yes i've been this way my whole life i mean i used to like I walk around with textbooks when i was like 10 reading them and i knew i was going to be i wanted to be a medical examiner but i knew i was going to be in healthcare and i knew that i was going to be successful in healthcare. I didn't know what I was going to do. I know what I wanted to do, but I've always known that. And anybody that ever tell me no, I never took it as a personal uh, feat. I just always looked at that and said, you told me no. So now I'm going to go do it. And when I do it, I need you to bow down and say, hey, that's all. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, a, it's not in a way, but that's my thinking is that the no doesn't mean no. It means, okay, I'll be back. <laughs> I, I love being told no. Uh, I remember one of the first times, so I, I've used a similar Facebook strategy way back when to, to kind of, um, to help grow my business o o over the last decade or so. But what's interesting is I remember when I first said, oh yeah, I was going to do some sort of event in the region. I don't know, 2010, 2011 timeframe, Tim, I didn't even know you yet. I remember I sat down on lunch phone and some guy was like, this is the dumbest idea ever. It'll never work. Whatever, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, okay, thanks. So like fast forward four months, we started getting some traction. He buys a ticket to one of our events. And I was like, gotcha. <laughs> Just like you said, Dominic, like, come back, acknowledge me. Like, let's go. Like, it's, uh, be careful who you say no to, because uh, they might turn it around and uh, make a massive company out of it. So I agree. And Tim knows, and you may know that because of that, because of the patients that I was seeing, I was able to create my vitamin from that. So that turned into another business line because I knew that, hey, I got the secret sauce to make sure that these women are able to like have surgery with this one vitamin instead of taking five of them. I was writing down every vitamin they were taking. And I'm like, now go look at these vitamin companies. I went to go look at their websites. Nobody's directly marketing to these people. And, and a cosmetic surgery is the fastest growing industry. And it's grown so much. It is so many services that have come out of it, but nobody is marketing like healthcare products to them. They're getting vitamins, but they're just getting the brand at the store. And then I found out that the surgery centers have those vitamins on their sheets. So currently I'm working on getting my vitamins on the surgery center sheets to pretty much say, hey, you wanna try iron, hemostat, and then nature's whatever. That is what I'm doing because there are three vitamins on there currently. And I know they didn't pay them to be on there. That's just passive 
that's like passive income to me. That's my goal. So that 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 vitamin money from the sheets is just coming in every month because they're going to get those sheets every month and they're going to have to come see me. But regardless, they might buy vitamins and then say, hey, that's the same lady that's going to do my clearance. So I'm trying to corner that market because no one else is doing that. I love it. I just has it has it been easy to get into that? Um, what do you mean? Uh, like, on their on their sheets? No, it hasn't been. Right. Yeah. That's, not I mean, that, that, that's the hardest thing in, in many businesses. It's like, okay, here's a checklist of things that you need to do. And yeah. We want to be number seven. And we got to exactly. convince them to be number seven on that list. Right. Or, or uh, you know, we want you to use this type of gas or use this type of battery. You know, like if it, with anything to, to be the preferred vendor. I mean, that's yeah, a, exactly and I don't know in the dynamics of that is is that the the particular brands that are on there, I have to wonder like who had that conversation because every surgery center has these brands on there and it doesn't matter what part of the country they're in. So I don't know if they marketed it or they just felt like this was a good combination and everybody copied it. But I will tell you that my vitamins actually do work very well and I, I'm, I keep getting more and more feedback about them. Not free feedback because I, I knew not to give them away and expect a review because that's not, you know, product integrity. So the patients do buy them and then they're sending me messages with hearts because they're able to have surgery on time. Before, well, if your levels are low, you can't have surgery on time. It's going to get postponed. And that's uh, that's what I was going to touch on was the fact that uh, another way for you was when you're doing this pre-screening and then they they yep. don't pass the levels that they need then you have the solution for them yeah, to, you know, that's something to, for you. Exactly. That's yes. Exactly it is. And <laughs> you know, a funny story that I want to just quickly touch on was uh, you participated in start peninsula uh, back in October. And the way the start peninsula works is you, it's a micro pitch competition. You pitch to a panel of judges. Again, you, you did this in October and then sure enough, unbeknownst to you, to me, to anyone, when the, the when the judges are announced, there's a judge on there that specializes in man. the medical the medical industry. And you're like, man, what's up with that? But that was it. I mean, it was like serendipitous in the sense of that really that, that gave you additional validation. Uh, validation because yes. during the QA. Yeah, the, the judge was like ready to ask some questions and, and ask some pretty uh, specific questions. And, and you clearly did well because you advanced and then were one of the winners for Star Peninsula 2022. Yes. Not only was he a, a, a medical person, he was a chemist for a pharmaceutical company. So he knew what to ask me. And he knew <laughs> that if I had a vitamin company, that I should have this answer that he was looking for. And I did have the right answer that he was looking for. But it wasn't just anybody that's in healthcare. It was actually a chemist. And he was actually a fill-in judge, Tim. I mean, he wasn't like somebody that you guys. Yeah, he was a yeah. person that was supposed to fill, do it, couldn't do it. And he's the one that filled it. And I'm like, just my luck. <laughs> I mean, you need that luck in some. Yeah, some it was, it's right. validated though because he shook his head. Yes, he knew because no one else knew to ask those questions. They were more business. They know that the you know any, anyone who's going to ask about vitamins is going to say, "What about the FDA?" Okay, but anything you put in your mouth has FDA regulations connected to it. The vitamins are just the the factory is regulated. The ingredients are regulated. The the label is regulated. I, you you have to have a meeting about the label. Those companies are. They know what they're doing with these private label vitamins. So I worked with one that was very reputable to create that with me. And the, even the formula, I had to change it because this particle might have been too big. It, it took six months to make that vitamin. So it wasn't what's, something that was made overnight, actually. What, what, what's the rough cost of putting something like that together? So the cost of the vitamins out the door with the company, with all of that, the graphics, I, I paid $12,000 for 1,500 bottles of vitamins. So they came out to be about five ninety a bottle, and I used the money from uh, MP on demand. My before I had my before I got my office, I made sure I stockpiled my my winnings because I was at my home office, which I'm at now, and then I have an actual brick and mortar practice as well. Um, so what I did was I saved the money because I wanted to do that, and I didn't want to borrow money or go asking anyone for money for. It. I rather had taken the loss, you know, not the loss, but the investment into this business to start it than to have to borrow money on yourself. For that. So then everything that comes back to me is, is mine. Well, and you know, you, Sam, you said you made two seventy five in 18 months or so. I did. It was, I, it was I, 14 months. 
14 months. So yes. I'm interested. Is that uh, so? What is that roughly 180, 200 grand a year? Is that mm-hmm. how much you were making before? Is that a substantial amount before it's, when you were you uh, were doing? I was at my highest when I as a as a director of nursing. My highest pay was 106 a year with bonuses. So I okay, was so, so out a, 120, a, maybe a decent amount, a decent amount more. But it was yeah. okay. So my, I was going to ask, like, if you were making like 50 before, and then now you're making 200. What was that jump like? But yeah. it seems like it's it's not a crazy jump. Um, no, not yet. Yeah. But I'm yeah. I'm thinking. My brain is. I already know that once I get these, and it takes time to brand something. So I'm trying. I had to use my branding for my first business to help me with my second business. But just because someone trusts you with something does not mean that that doesn't confer to something else. You still have to earn the trust yes, of each individual yes. service that you are providing to someone. What does MP stand for? Nurse practitioner. Got it. And the on demand is that we, you know, we bring healthcare to you. So no matter yeah. where you are, we can be on demand. We can come at your service. And that's what we do because we, it's really, I don't, it's not a concierge service. I don't want to call it that, but it's more so, so that these people can have what they well, need convenient. when they need it. It's convenient. That's exactly what it is. It's convenient yeah. medicine. I mean, there's nothing like there are certain things that like you got to go somewhere and you're like, Ugh. yeah, it's not, you know, you got to get it done, but it's like, Ugh, I got to go there and I got to sit there and I got to deal with all these sick people. Ugh. And that's, and that's the takeaway of it is because now, because that happened that way, I think so much of what happens, if you're not a practice or not a business and you're not scaling with the, not just with like, oh, but I'm talking about me and people where they are literally. So if the tide is changing in your industry and you're not on top of that and not uh, being innovative or not just following this, even if you just follow the status quo and then you come out with something different, you you're not going to you're not going to do well now because things change so much. So if telemedicine is where it is and everybody's offering it, then your 25 year old patients don't need to be coming in the office anymore. There are no guidelines to say they, they have to come unless um, they're sick. And even when they're sick, if they have a runny nose or they have something, I can see you, you're 25, and I can send something to the pharmacy for you. I can tell if you're sick. I can go through symptomology with you. You don't need to come in the office and get everybody else sick. I, yeah, I always think that's ridiculous. I've, I don't think I've ever actually used Teladoc. My wife has. I don't know if you have, Tim. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I see some of the things and, like, like, I have, like, an appointment coming up or just normal annual. I'm like, Oh, I gotta be around all these people for something that probably can be done on the phone. Like, exactly. And I, I, it, it, we have the technology; might as well use it. You know, it's and it, we have the waivers now because the government is too busy worried about uh, other things, so they're not like really focused on taking away that your right to be able to access healthcare in the way you want to. And that's that's also a good thing, and we love that. And I don't mean in a bad way that they do that, but you know, there's a lot of regulations with insurance about being face to face versus being um, on a telemedicine visit. So I'm happy some of that's still the way it is now. I want to touch, I want to backtrack again, just because I I love like the origin story uh, with you. You, It it wasn't easy when you started. I mean, so I want to go back to, I mean, you talked about all the education that you achieved. Yeah. But going back to how you started, it was not your typical beginning. Can you can you share a touch on that with the with the viewers? I think it's so impressive. So I was a teenage parent. I had my daughter when I was 14. Um, So I when I I didn't finish with high school. So my my class graduated in the same year. Like I was it was 2003 and I wanted to I still went to school to a certain extent. But then I left school because I needed to work. So I got my GED in the same year my class graduated. I got my GED a month before they graduated. And then I still was able to go to college that September. So I still went to community college September with my class. But I started out as a teenage parent. I started out as a a, uh, statistic. So I wasn't really statistically shouldn't be sitting in front of you here today with the story because that's not how things work out for people always in those situations. But I was, I've always persevered, even when, you know, I had this little baby in my lap and I didn't know what to do with her. I still was able to think past the immediate situation and turn that into something like this. So it, it, it's been a journey. It has not been, uh, I didn't take the elevator. I definitely took the stairs and I'm not even where, where I want to be or where I will be. Even in six months, when I come back on the show and when I'm sending Tim a $5,000 check from Startwheel so that someone else can have the experience that I had, it, is not, it has not been an easy um, journey. It has been very um, 
I, I don't want to say it was rough because it, it kind of it's like a like smoothing out a rock or a rock being smoothed out in water. It it, it just builds character over time. But I think 100%. that's what sustains me anyway with anything that I do because if I can do that, I can do anything else. I mean, it is, is that it is just so impressive. I I find the people that that have taken the elevator to wherever they are at that uh, specific time, they are the weakest snowflakes that can handle any obstacle at all. And you know, the uh, this morning, Tim. <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I applaud it. I think that it is so awesome, and uh, I, I have so much respect. And it's just a, such such a cool story. I love it. I'm excited. Where's that? Where's that mindset come from? Um, I just feel like it, it's just something that's that's in you, and and if you can tap into that that thing that's in you as a person, even when you're at a certain age to know that you need to look past the immediate situation because, you know, the better days are coming, you know, trouble don't last always truly, but to know that that was the same 10 year old with a textbook, knowing that she wanted to be a medical examiner. I wanted to be like Michael Bodden. He was the upstate medical examiner in New York that, you know, the one that did the autopsy show. He was my idol, you know, growing up. So regardless of that, I still knew that I had to do those things because that's what I wanted to do. And I didn't, I never wanted to have a job for a job. I always wanted to do what I wanted to do, like what as a passionate thing. So I knew I would be in healthcare. I knew that that I had to take this path. And now I've learned, you know, going through that, I've learned to just to follow the path of least resistance. If somebody does tell me no or a job or it's a no and a hard no, I don't oh, I don't fight that no. I just, you know, retreat and level up. I retreat back and then go back to the drawing board and figure out what's my weight, what's my in. Because that you're from, you're from here? I'm from um, Long Island. I was born in New York on Long Island. Um, yeah. Lived, you know, we're, we're roughly the same age. And yeah. it's interesting because I feel like I have similar mindsets and stuff, but I don't, I, I don't think we were taught this at all. Like at school is like, go do this, you know, go, no. go do this thing. And so it's interesting. It's interesting. At some point I thought that maybe this was going to be the new world where like the entrepreneurial mindset was something pushed. I, I don't know that I believe that now. No, uh, it doesn't seem like people really want to do anything in in some instances. Uh, they're not as gritty and 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 they don't they're they're not as aggressive as wanting to win. They don't want to get out of you. Say that, yeah, yeah. They'd rather just be on their cell phones, TikToking all day. You know, get TikTok famous. I guess I and then I or get Facebook but. money or Facebook real money or whatever it is that they're doing at the time. But I, I agree. I do. Because you're looking at somebody who went from a W two employee their entire life has never run a business before, and in two and fourteen months has started two businesses. I mean, it's, one it, of them it, being very, very successful, and on the Most, other one being almost, you know, that's not, not. It's not where I want it to be now. But brands take time to grow, so as long as I keep watering it and nurturing it, it's going to get to where it is. We just have to, you know, hemostat is going to take time, regardless of whatever I do. I can't skip those steps, and I wouldn't even want to anyway. It's it's shocking. I mean, you're gonna see you, you got you guys are gonna be at an event together tonight. Yes. I'm sh I'm sure there'll be a, a a fair percentage of people there, just absolutely shocked that you were able to go from zero to you know almost 300k in a year, and when they can't go from zero to a thousand bucks in 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 five years, and it's it's it, it's always nice to see, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how um, while taking the stairs. Uh, what that takes you to in the next few years. Um, yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, I mean, Tim, you know, that's true. I mean, you, oh, yeah. there have been plenty of people there that are like, well, it's not working. Well, it's like, well, just, and it's always someone else's fault. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, no, it's, if I, I take accountability for whatever is not working and I, and I change that, but being mindful too that that's just the, that's just the life journey. The business journey is different because let me tell you, the business journey is very, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not linear. It is very like this. It looks like the stock mm -hmm. market every day. It's going up and down, and you have your highs and lows, and mostly you're trying to keep everything balanced, literally. And I, I will tell you that it, it just this the smallest things, me having a Wix website and it coming from where it did to me realizing, hey, I can go on this person's thing, have them redo it for a hundred dollars instead. But my first website I pay eighteen hundred dollars for. My hemostat one I paid two hundred dollars for at first, and then I went and had someone redo it for 100 and I think it was like 190 and it's different, but you don't know those things because you're doing these things from scratch. I didn't get any business training. I did not get any business um, mentoring. I did all this on my own. 
And that's well, what I I, that's, 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 a, that's a lot. Even the SEO, I went and, and I thank you guys for sending me to that that training because he taught me SEO. And I sent Craig a email the next day that my SEO was completely set up on NP on demand. The correct well, I, I, Craig was and Craig index. was on the oh, show. Yeah, he was on the show a while, a year or so ago. And yeah, I, I, I want to stay in touch with you regarding that because, I mean, what he's doing uh, for businesses is really, really great. And you're not going to find that. Uh, yeah, velocity no. growth is awesome. It is. And we were able to experience that. You know, he gave back to us because somebody gave um, to him and he definitely gave us a lot of um, tips and things. And I gave him some tips and things because I'm, you know, I'm always that way trying to tell somebody, hey, I, I found this out. So let me tell you about it. But yeah. I appreciated that because it all goes to making the person, you know, the business who it is, because you, you're going to be a learner when you're doing this and you're going to learn the hard way. And I have I wasted money. I can't tell you wasted money on different things I didn't know I didn't need. So, well, I was going to ask you about the website. And so you brought it up before I needed to. Um, but so you just taught yourself, got on Wix, you did it yourself, you, you realized you didn't need all the bells and whistles. Like, how, how did you come about? Because I think so many people that don't have technical chops yeah. in that regard, they, they then will spend a, a lot more money than you did in, in that. And they'll, mm -hmm. they'll think that they need a lot more than they do. And so how did you kind of come to the conclusion of you just need a basic site that can do this, that at the beginning you could actually do it yourself, that it was trustworthy enough? Because in the medical world, that is something trust is, is incredibly exactly. important. Like how, how are you able to kind of put all that stuff together so, while not being technical? But well, I, I'm, I am, and I told I'm a I'm a delegator. I'm, I'm a natural leader. I've always been a leader my whole life, so that's not an, it wasn't an issue. But now I have to be the doer. So what I did was is I found out about about Wix. I just googled how to create a website or whatever, and then I liked Wix because I was able to see the different platforms and different things that it, it integrated with. Even at that time, they've gone and gotten so many different integrations now. And I created a website just by going into the editor. I paid for it. I did all that stuff and going into the editor, making my own stuff. I had somebody make like a cartoon. Um, they made a cartoon logo for me, which we don't use anymore, but I had them do that like for $20. And I just put the services on there and I made sure that everything to do with my medical side of my business was set up correctly because what I, what I needed to do was make sure that I had a payment source that wasn't cash app or PayPal because the people that are in my space that do what I do, well, there's only one or two people that do what I do, but they weren't on websites. They were still um, doing things with Facebook Messenger. And I have started in Facebook Messenger with just people messaging me and, you know, going from there and meeting them and doing different things with email before I even got a website. But I got the website pretty quickly because I knew that I needed to be able to see where people were coming from. And I needed to be able to have them pay in a way that is reputable because, you know, those ways of paying is reputable to a certain extent. But when you are a professional, you need to have that as well. So I wanted it to be set up the correct way. But I learned because I went on um, YouTube and I looked at some stuff as well. And I just paid Wix to do it. And I used their like stock photos. My first website was terrible. I like still have it in the um, in the uh, in the drafts to keep me humble. Like, really, I, I, I looked at it the other day. It was like, girl, you really you came a long way. But I taught myself how to do that. And then once I had it set up, I had someone redo it. And that's what the current one is now. And then, and I think in a few months, I'm going to rebrand NP On Demand and do the website again. Because I think you should always keep a fresh look on your, um, your brand. But I did that on my own. And I just realized I needed that. But also, what I found out was, is that I can process um, FSA and HSA cards because I'm a medical practice. So I couldn't do that if I wasn't being, you can't do that if you don't have a payment source or a payment system. So with my processor, I am set up as a medical practice. So even though it, it goes through regular um, regular ways and when they pay, if they were to use a FSA card, they would be able to still pay on my website as opposed to if you went to a website that's not medically designated. So then I'm offering my services now to people who have flexible spending accounts and HSA cards so they don't have to use their cash. And then now recently I add Sezzle. So now they can buy now and pay later, which makes them spend more money at the front end to get services that they need. Very, um, it's interesting, right? Because when you're when you're putting together from a trust perspective, it, it's 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 very weird, actually. So like in, in some in some worlds, the trust factor, like people don't really care that much about. They're like, eh, I'll try this thing out. Yeah. But because of medical. 
credentials. And I thought it was, it, yeah, 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 like you, you, and then for you to know, like, oh yeah, we can't use Cash App, Venmo. We it has to be the normal way. Yes. But then also just you using YouTube University like that is just how how to do this. You know, YouTube University is not a real thing. People listening, it's just YouTube. <laughs> so you no, I know what, it thing. Is I what, what am I? Everything. But that's but that's great. Uh, you know, like uh, my washing machine had an issue the other day, so I had to fix it. You know, and I didn't want to call a guy to come over, so I went on over to the old tube of you and wrote how to do this thing. And guess what? You found socks. I, f I found. <laughs> you know, you know, someone steals all your socks in your laundry machine. It's a sock man. It's a sock monster. Right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, I found like twenty-seven pairs of socks in mine. <laughs> I showed a picture of the tip. I think you should have never told nobody that. <laughs> because that means you wasn't digging that. Were you digging down to the bottom, like to, you know, spin it around to see what was in it? Or you just kind of took the stuff on the surface and like, oh, it's, it's empty. You left 27 socks in the washing machine. Not in the washing machine. In the, there was a, like, you can take off the front cover. Gotcha. Wow. And they were under there. <laughs> and there, there were some socks in there that I like really liked. And I'm like, damn, where are these things? Like, I guess I threw them away. No, did you? I hope you saved them if they weren't too badly torn and tattered. We're talking about socks because we can just go from different, you know, subjects because it's important. It's yeah, all just relevant. put them back in the. I put them back in the washing machine. And I've worn them since. I mean, you know, let's go. You know? I can't be sad at that you found your favorite socks because I know how it feels to have a fave. You, you know, I'm not a sock guy, but uh, I was happy to find those socks that day because <laughs> um, it was. But it was all important. of a sudden, you had this, in, you know, desire to have the sock on your foot because you, you're not a sock guy. I get it. Exactly. Well, well, other than YouTube and, and, and the business and, and the family, like, what do you do for fun? What, what, what do you do to, to, to stay fresh and, and, and to, to do decompress? Yeah. Yeah. I actually read a lot. Um, I read a lot of books and I usually I like to play pool. I do read and I, when it's warm outside, when it's hot outside, I swim in my pool in the backyard. So I really like to swim. It kind of just takes your mind off everything. It's like you're weightless in the water. Your mind can just be like. You're just good. You're under the water. You can't hear anything. You're just going and doing laps in the pool. So in the summertime, that's what I do. Play pool in the wintertime, too. And then I do read a lot of books. And um, I try to ingest, if you will, because I feel like garbage in, garbage out. If you're going to ingest garbage, I don't mean food. I mean in your brain. Then you're not going to be able to be in spaces like this or be having any type of conversations that require you to pull from your vocabulary or anything or any knowledge or even articulate yourself properly. So I'm always mindful of what I'm listening to. And I do listen to, like I said, a lot of podcasts just because and I and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who is uh, delivering the podcast, but it's more so of the content, too, of whatever it is they're talking about. So if there's something I don't know, I'm going to go and YouTube first. I'm going to find a podcast second. And then sometimes I might be able to find something um, on Instagram or Facebook, but not to not as a reference, but just to see. Like, let me go research what people are talking about this thing, too. So I really go, I really delve a lot into research and data because I love that. That's how I knew which licenses to get because I had a website and I was able to go on my website and see where the clicks were coming from. So yeah. as a nurse, anyway, a nurse practitioner, as a master's degree nurse, we do a lot of research and statistics that we're taught that. So I know how to use data. So my website's data is important to me. So when they did my new website and he thought that I was going to be fine with him, like leaving my data in another place, I was more upset about the data than anything else. So I had him just edit my website instead of like creating me a new one because I need the, the analytics that are coming from there as well. So the clicks, they find out where they're coming from to find out if that ad I did was okay. Was this process okay? So that's why I try to make sure that whatever I'm ingesting is important and relevant to life. Even though I know you don't have fun if you can't read a, you know, a different kind of book or whatever, but I'm on a journey to be to be great right now. I can read, you know, Star Wars when I get to my mansion in, in my backyard with a little table I, with my Pellegrino. Right now it's it's grind time. What's uh what what's on your current reading list right now? I am reading um, 50 Cent's um, 50th Law right now that he has at Robert Greene. Is, is that that's after uh, Hustle, Hustle Smarter, Hustle Harder? Yes. So I believe it's before that. So Robert Greene, oh, okay. 48 Laws of Power, which we talked about. We spent oh, like 40 yep. minutes on our uh, we spent <laughs> yeah. like 40 minutes after our show, uh, not the show, but after our pitch micro pitch talking about books. We were all on there giving book ideas and everybody's writing stuff down. And um, Robert Greene's book did come up, but he wrote one with 50 Cent. And 
it and it ties 50 cents life into like a law that Robert Green created, which is to never um, give up to. It's interesting. Because reading, I think I read reading 50's term. book. That's that's I, I uh, then I had that one too. But. Yeah, did the 48 laws of power based on. 50. Yes. So, yeah, that's interesting. So having Robert Chris Green, Jackson, super, right? uh, yeah. got this guy who just writes all his books about just human behavior to get with 50 Cent and take what his, you know, his life and put it together in his book is amazing. The book is really good. I'm like, I'm not anywhere near it because I'm always highlighting and stuff like that in my book. So I take my time to read them with um, intention instead of just reading just to get through the pages. And yeah, I, I feel like I read that book. I read um, Rick Ross is a perfect day to boss up. If you, if that what that was a good read, I actually liked that book a lot. Yeah, I um, I really like Rick Ross's books because there yeah. was the one that he wrote in the pandemic. Then there was That's the hurricane. The one it, then there was a hurricane one. Yes, and I have that. I have that one too. And um, I didn't realize he was big on Wingstop uh, until he one is. of those books and. So Wingstop was already Wingstopping before he even came along, but yeah. he made Wingstop what it is now because he liked lemon pepper wings and he liked them from there. So the yeah. wings, he went to the Wingstop CEO, he talked to them. And I believe not only is, I think he might be like in, in heavily involved in their like board now more than he was just a, just a franchisee because I think he has more Wingstop franchises than Wingstop has Wingstops. <laughs> Probably he bought Evander Holyfield's. I don't know if you noticed him. He bought oh, yeah, Evander Holyfield's man. place in um uh in it, Atlanta in area. I think yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like an outskirts. I forgot where it is, but it's called it's the, the largest man. indoor pool in America. Yeah, at a house, something like that. Wow, it's uh yeah. It's but but Rick Ross teaches you to um, use your resources. Everything is yeah. is 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 for sale basically, and I don't mean that in a negative way. The promised mm -hmm. land. It pays for itself. He shot. They shot coming to America in his house. He get, that's what they did. So they shot that movie in his house. They paid him. His house is paid for. They they shoot movies in his house. He has a whole area in his back that he does something else with. You can yeah. rent his house out for whatever you want because he doesn't have that attachment to something where he won't make money from it. So he's yeah, very interesting. innovative. I made a small investment in a company called Gigster, mm -hmm. and that's uh, that's it's a marketplace where you can put your property on their marketplace and TV shows, uh, any film or uh, influencers wow. on social media, they can use your property to wow. film and then uh, you, you make some revenue that way. So yeah, that's, that's like That's like Zillow or Airbnb for movies. Like if they were looking exactly. for a place, perfect place, they can go up there. That's amazing actually. Whoever yeah. came up with that, kudos to them. Well, the crazy thing is the way that they got the idea was uh, someone from like uh, CSI knocked, literally knocked on their door saying, hey, we would love to film uh, okay. a segment in your house. And they were doing this with a clipboard. So it goes back to the whole thing. You know, I want to start a business, but I don't know where to do it. And it's like anything with a clipboard, anything with uh, using an Excel spreadsheet, that's a great right. place to start. So that's how uh, all the Hollywood would find all these locations was like literally going door to door, knocking on people's doors, asking if they could use the property. So they that's what they do. It's pretty, pretty cool. That's amazing. And I, like I said, I get my inspiration from different people's uh, stories. I try not to, uh, I try to take the good out of it because I know that little piece is going to help me and keep that in my mind that, you know, that I, you can't just, you don't know everything. And I know that I have, I'm a master's degree in this. I, I know a lot about uh, a little bit of stuff. I always say, so I don't, I never feel so in a, in a space of being where I am to not to be able to be a learner. And I'm always learning from different, like if I, I saw that event that it said start wheel and I immediately I'm going because well, I, I appreciate that. that. Wherever you I, are, money travels to you. It follows you because you're, you know, you're money maker. You attract. Well, that, yeah, that was one thing that Zach and I have always really focused on was it's, it's all about quality content and making sure that uh, you're, you're putting things on that, is going to be a benefit of people because I mean, time is super limited and it's really, really valuable. And I don't like wasting time uh, or wasting resources. So, but they might to... waste some money tonight on buying 10 Benny's pizzas because I believe there's going to be at least six left at the end of the night. So, you guys need to both report back to me how many pizzas are left oh, afterwards. Absolutely. Ain't no one going to eat 10, 28, 35 inch all, pizza. Their pizza. That's the place that's like with the slices the size of my computer screen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. So yes. 
that that's a lot of people. And no one's gonna eat one slice. It's just too yeah, much. I, I, said, I said. Well, we we are we are cutting having them cut in smaller smaller oh, pieces. That's but did you guys buy ten of them? I can't remember what the number was, but uh, that's what Dan said that day. I was like, mm, "That's a lot." Like, <laughs> you guys I'm probably okay about, with three um, or four. I am my my new business mind is to get local. That's what I have in my brain right now because I have uh, done a lot of national things. So yeah. the the I woke up one morning and I'm like, "You got to get local." Like, what are you doing? You're here, and people are here. Why you're not? Why you're not a local? Uh, resource why you're not why you're not in the local spaces yep so that's why I started to look to look for um business um networking to join so I joined BizConnect immediately because I love that that lady's spirit I love that she's so she's just a nice person and she just yep. really embodies uh the growing business I hate saying small business the growing businesses so I joined that but I also was able to st stumble upon Startwheel when I, I on Eventbrite, I didn't know anything about pitching. I didn't know anything about anything. And I signed up for that just to sign up for it. I paid the money and I was like, well, I guess, you know, I can tell them about my business. Didn't even know anything about that from scratch. So what I did was I went on YouTube and I watched a couple of people pitch at a high level. And they were really high level to investors. I watched that show Elevator Pitch mm -hmm. and I watched some TED Talks about pitching. And I was also able to attend the micro pitch events to get me ready for that. But I go and, and do a lot of research into whatever is new to me so that I'm not walking into, you know, something just complete like a fish out of water. So yeah. that's, that's what I did. You had mentioned earlier, I don't think we were live yet, but that you thought your first pitch was terrible. What, what, what made it bad? And then what, what, what did you do to improve upon it afterwards? So my pitch was terrible because I didn't respect the time. And I didn't respect the uh, the audience, if you want to say that. So I didn't use words that were small. And then I'm also like speaking, doing too much in a sentence. I'm giving them too much information when I could just cut that down. So what I did was I attended the micro pitch and um, Tim and what's the the, the funny oh, guy? Gary. Gary, Gary auto corrected us. You know, they kind of got our, you know, you do in the car and it fixes you. They did that for us. And, and they went through basic steps on how to present um, a pitch and it was still up to you. So then I took that information and then I would record myself with my uh, phone, just practicing this set of information and then redoing it because it didn't have enough redoing it because they're going to have another, another question and redoing it because of other things. So that's why, that's how I was able to do that. Um, and that's what I do with anything. I just research it and kind of delve into it. To your credit though, uh, on that pitch that you felt that you didn't do well, uh, another backstory on that, Zach, was that she won Dom to get to the next yeah, level, but, right? So yeah, she yeah enough. she advanced, so she did great. Oh, but yeah, the, no. the, the, after the fact, she had a slide deck that she she didn't she wasn't using and didn't uh, she she didn't screen share. So nope. everything, so she, clearly she you put in enough work. It was Freestyle Friday. Nope. <laughs> That's what I did. To, I did Freestyle Friday, and I didn't realize until the end. And I'm looking at my logo on the screen, and I was like, "Oh man, I didn't even open up. They didn't see anything. They're not letting me go. Everyone else had all of these presentations. They put so much time into it, and I put time into mine, but I didn't even open it up. That's the crazy part. And I was the only female actually in the um, the entire championship um and, and the, i think that was the first time in history that that ever happened and yeah so much when you mentioned it we were like how is you that actually had to go check and look and see yeah she's like yeah she, she is the only woman in the 10 out of the nine or 10 people that's going to be pitching yeah so i don't know i just but i thought the winners were very diverse right yeah we were but it wasn't any females except for me yeah like the whole the of the three i don't know of the cohorts I won, but I don't know how many. I know no other women did win. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, you were the only only one that went through the finalists. So, uh, yeah, that was really interesting. And I get one hundred percent that uh, you were one of the winners based on your merit. It wasn't had a, nothing. Oh to yeah, do no, with. I didn't think that either. Yeah, I definitely went back and I looked at uh, previous micro pitches and previous start wheel events, and I watched those pitches for this structure and time. And I knew that I knew from the, those videos that whoever it was, was already going to have to have a business. They were already have to have their product. They were already having to have a audience. It wasn't going to be that they were going to pay uh, for an idea. They, that wasn't, that wasn't the idea of this. It's nice that everybody joined, but it was for people that are serious and on their path to um, getting their business started that they've already started, that they've already gotten established. 
Yeah. This year worked out really well uh, because we did it different in the sense of you, you paid 50 bucks to enter the pitch competition. But as long as you attended pitch perfect and then you pitched your business at the micro pitch, then we refunded that $50 back to everybody. So yes, really, we only charge that 50 bucks so you don't take a slot away from someone because if it was free, then people would no show. And then somebody that was really serious about their business would miss out on the opportunity because it was filled by someone that didn't show up. So this year it worked out really well. And the competition was really, really strong because I think this is the first year that everybody attended pitch perfect as well in the finals. So uh, it was a great year. And I agree. And so for me too, when, when I'm doing my business, I learned that. So people have to pay first before they see me. So I don't allow you to like, you don't get to like make the, have the appointment and then you pay at the front desk. So you pay first and then I'm sending you information. I'm sending you all of your stuff because that, that, that is buy-in from my patients. That's a commitment. That's a small commitment from them. If they don't show up or if they can't be cleared for any reason, then I refund them, you know, less the less, if they get, if it's 275 and they, and they pay for orders or whatever, then I'll refund them $200. Cause when I write an order, I can't give you money back for that because it's an order and you have it in your possession and it's yours at that point. But I always make sure to keep my business integrity good too. So that's why you'll see reviews about my business that are great, just about me too, but you're not going to get along with everybody and that's okay, but you need to handle those situations with integrity. I would rather give somebody back their $200 or whatever it is than for them to be upset with me because that will usually make them satisfied. And what, for, for whatever reason, but as a rule of thumb, if I don't render the service, I don't keep anyone's money. So that is always a good place to, to start, just making sure you have integrity as a business. But as a medical professional, I'm expected to have that much more when it comes to things like that. Well, you know, screw yourself by someone booking and then they don't pay. So it's it's good there. Is there anything else you want to talk about that we haven't talked about today? Um, no, but I will tell you that I am going to be expanding MP on demand to start doing um, IV mobile IV hydration. And I don't mean like the foo-foo IVs that you get at the IV places because whatever I'm talking about, you're, you see how your hair is. You call me and you had a hangover last night and you need me to get you off the floor and help you. That's what I'm coming to do. And I've done that, that already several different times, but I just made sure now How much that, that cost a stock, stockpile of IVs, I'm ready to be deployed to whatever to go save someone from not going to the emergency room from being sick during COVID because flu, COVID, RSV is right now. So if they have any type of urgent issue, I can go to their house and see them. They'll just pay the fee. And then also they can use my note to get reimbursed from the insurance company or they can use their FSA card to pay for it. So that's my get local. No, I, I've seen, I've, I saw. I was like, a judge. I was a judge when someone pitched a business like this. And I can't. Oh, yeah. Some people and, do it before races too, so that they're hydrated. Yes. Yeah. What is that called? Because um, I know someone that's done it. It's it's pretty expensive. No? What is so it called? Mine, it, so it depends on what they're getting. So mine is a regular IV. Just me coming to you is 250 but I'm staying with that's you and I am yeah. giving you two bags of fluid. Yeah. And Can I make a I reservation for four for the weekend after next? Yeah, if you Where want you to, of course. <laughs> but if you are, if you're getting medicine from me, normally I, I'll give my patients Toradol if they have like a headache or pain from body aches from having fever, chills, or alcohol, Pepsid for your stomach, and Zofran um, all so you don't throw up and throw up all over me or your couch. And that's 275 but I'm coming to your house to save you. And I'm How much, is, how much liquid time. are you putting in? If For you, for a young, healthy person that dehydrated, I'll start with a liter. And I'm going to put it in your arm, in the middle of your arm, and I'm going to sit there with you and until you come back to life, until you start peeing, that I know it's working, and then you're good. I have done that countless times, but I'm, I want to scale it so that it can run itself because no one's well, doing no one's doing mobile IV hydration. Everyone's and I was, you know, I mean, like I would think that if you had something set up after a marathon, uh, just waiting for someone to cross the finish line. Yeah. Cause that's the whole thing. When you, when you finish a marathon, which Zach and I both have done, I mean, the whole thing is you got to continue to drink water until you I mean, I can, Yeah. You have to, because you'll go into rhabdo. But if you come sit with me, I can make sure you skip the rhabdo part because you're in charge of not going into rhabdo, which means your muscles are breaking down from running and burning so much muscle that your body can't keep up with the, with the waste of the, um, the CK, which is the creatinine kinase, which you waste when you um, burn muscle. 
So I would love that. I've been I've been like doing a lot of research about it, but I have all of the IV stuff already stocked, already to go. I just need to connect with the right people. So I yeah. went to the spa and one of the spas around here, one of the ritzy ones, beautiful place. She wants me to do IVs um, for her people that come to the spa. So I'm going to respond to her email because she emailed me the other day and asked me how much would it be if I came to the spa and did IVs there or she offered it um, to her to her people. All right, JNA Racing, make a make yeah. contact. You said yeah. JNA Racing. Yeah, yeah she does a lot of the big events. There's uh, flat out races. I mean, there, there's a I, there's a lot of opportunity. I think for that, just from not even people that are hung over the next day. I feel like people who are doing races the day before, yes. they do a couple uh, days JNA, before and a couple the, day after. They do the Shamrock Marathon in Virginia Beach, which is okay. uh, people travel in from all over the United States and the world to. Yeah. To run that race and something in the water is coming and i don't know who to contact to be there on like just to be in that space the medics are there but a lot of times there is just like a, yeah. if you want to be a vendor Reach, contact me after the show well i'll get you set up okay dominique this has been great this is awesome looking forward to like you said talking in six months and uh you know, at some point soon, come to that mansion in years that you're going to have. So hey, I'm right. going to stay on my street because I like it. And I'm just going to okay. make the house bigger. I'm, I'm going to buy all the air rights all the way up. And, then I'm just gonna build, and I'm going to build up. But I really appreciate you guys for having me. Like I said, you made the first podcast uh, really, really good. And it really makes me mindful as I take, a, you know, my press tour journey. You got to be mindful of the spaces that you sit in and the people you sit with. And you guys are really good guys. And I appreciate you for everything that you do. Yeah, thank you. For all the growing businesses in Hampton Roads. Wish you all the very, very best. All right. I'll be sending you an email. And Zach, stay out of the washing room. Okay. Yes. Make sure you keep your socks. All right. Exactly. <laughs>